Hey everyone, this is Lee with the RC Roundtable Podcast, and here is a special road trip edition where we take you to the 30th anniversary of B.B. Weber's B-17 and Big Bird Gathering in Monteville, Texas. Fitz and I spent two days attending the event, saw some incredible aircraft, met with some great people, and can't wait to share some of the stories we have to tell. In the first half of this podcast, we interview a few members of BB's family, and also with Barry Rayburn, the president of Bomberfield USA. And in the second half of the episode, Fitz and I record our comments and thoughts during the car ride trip home. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Okay, I'm here with Dana, who's the daughter of B.B. Weber, and Alyssa, who's the granddaughter of B.B. Weber, and the daughter of Dana. And uh, they've, they've taken a couple of minutes to talk to me. I was just really curious, being the, the, the children of B.B. Weber, he's such a legendary figure in Texas, especially this area. Uh, what was like growing up with a figure like your father? He was always um, positive and building stuff and just... He, he went and he went and he went. He never stopped. It was, it was always fun being with him. Was he always into RC airplanes? He started out as a kid. It, um, he and his brothers, he had four brothers, and they'd build balsa wood flyers uh, at, his, uh, at the farm. They, he was raised on a farm, and they would build balsa wood flyers and fly them as kids. And then when he went to work for Bell Bottom, he learned how to fly a plane. He had to fly to one of the job sites and no one taught him. He just got in and took off. He and just got in an airplane yes, and took off. He did and then taking off wasn't a problem he said but he had to make sure and pay attention when he landed for the yeah, first yeah. time with no instructor or no instructions. Yeah they say takeoffs are optional landings are mandatory. Correct, correct. Is this a plane he built himself or he just... He no was... he did not build it. Um, it was a regular full, full scale. Man that guy that's that's... <laughs> He must have been some personality. Yes, he he was. He he even um, he was accepted into the Air Force training during World War II for um, um, the um, officers. But he was un- he snuck in and they found out he was underage and his parents said no. So he had, he wasn't he was just underage before World War II. But he tried. <laughs> yeah, I understand that was a common uh, thing back then to try to sneak in underage. He did, but he got caught, so he didn't get he didn't get his airplane wings that way. Did he try to get either one of you two to try to fly model airplanes? I tried once, and my husband and I built one, and I crashed it, and I haven't done it since. <laughs> How about you? Um, he was actually going to teach me, but it never really happened. I think she taught my sister a little bit, but no, I never got to fly him. But that's okay. It was still cool. So do you recall when he decided to build his field? Did he just come home one day and say, oh, I'm going to build me a model airplane field, and nobody's going to stop me? Pretty much. Um, he... Um, he built it and they did come. What happened was, I'll never forget it, when I was a senior in high school, I walked into our dining room and looked at the table and there was this big official architectural plans, blue blueprints of the grandstand, the tower, the um, runway, the field. And I looked at that and it said Monaville, Texas at the bottom of it. And I was going, what is this and where in the heck is Monaville, te- Texas? And sure enough, he built it and they did come and the rest is history. Wow, that's amazing. Just to come out of the blue, to build them giant. I mean, he, he ain't yeah. big, it sounds like. We just thought he'd lost his mind. We had no idea what this, these plans were and what he was planning. And actually, my brother has a really good story because 
they were out flying once before, before Bomber Field. I guess this was in the 70s, and they had gone to fly. Daddy had built a, some, built something, Drew can tell you. And because they were near the airplane, I think there was radio frequency problems, and it crashed his plane. And he said, well, I've got to find a place that I can fly without being interfered with, uh, my RF being interfered with. So that's how, that's another, that, was pro that might have been the inspiration for this. Wow. <laughs> now, did you live anywhere near this area when he picked the lot? Well, we still, their house is in West Houston, um, off near, well, their house was in West Houston, um, in the memorial area. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Do you know why he picked this area offhand? I think he probably just drove around and tried to find the least impacted place within 30, 40 minutes of the house. So that's probably why. Because it was there, right? Yeah. Because it was there, it was within driving distance, and um, it worked out. Oh, cool. You got any thoughts to say about your grandfather? Um, well, he used to work in his garage, so they didn't actually park cars in his garage. They just built model airplanes in his garage. No, of course not. No, no, no. So whenever the kids would come over, my sister and I, um, we'd always get to go in the back of the, into his little workshop, and he'd have all these parts and specific like details on all of the little balsa wood parts of these airplanes he was building, and we'd kind of like shuffle around them and then pick out pieces of wood and get to build whatever we wanted, and it was really fun. And um, I think one of the best things we built together, my grandpa and I, um, was a ship that actually like floated in and like pools and stuff so that was really awesome oh that's fantastic i like to do boats myself so that's yeah. good uh, yeah. that's great it's good to get some hands-on experience get some good uh tactile it, it's actually good life experiences to build things with your hands that, that's that's really great I, you spent time with him doing that actually Alyssa has a lot of my dad's artistic um 3d sculpture she does sculptures but she also has learned how to weld at the shop she um, the, can build about anything and I think she got that from my dad. My dad could paint, he did all the wonderful painting on his planes and uh, he even did actual oil paintings but he didn't really pursue that. He was too busy with his planes. <laughs> but my daughter definitely got his talent. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, well, thanks a lot for taking a moment to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you got any one last thought or one great memory you want to share about your father? Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Simple and efficient. Well, thank you very much, Dana. It was wonderful talking to you, and uh, you have a good day. You too. Thanks. Okay, so I'm here with Drew Weber, the son of B.B. Weber, and uh, we had a nice conversation with his sister, and she said, hey, you got to talk to the brother. So uh, to be fair and even, I'm going to give a quick uh, interview with the brother and see what he has to say about his uh, pretty famous father. Uh, do you fly models yourself? Uh, I used to fly them uh, back in my early 20s, but I, as I got older and lost time and effort, and, and as work took over, got married and had kids, uh, it, it, I don't fly them anymore. Uh, did, did you uh, build planes with your father? Uh, I sure did. Uh, I had built a couple of scale uh, fighter planes, and I had an SC-5A. I used to fly around, and um, um, about by my, like I said, about by my mid-20s, late-20s, I, I kind of fell out of the hobby. Were you flying at a time that this field was built? I sure was. Uh, yeah, I remember when my dad built the field back in the mid-80s. He bought, purchased property around 85 and 
he um, started putting the runway down around 86 and then started putting these stands up. And it was pretty much a functioning airfield by the end of 86, early 87. So it went fairly fast, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. he, he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do when he bought this, these 30 acres out here. He was he was completely zoned in, tuned in to what he, what he wanted to do as a kind of a retirement play field. Sounds like a driven man. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He, he really liked to... He really liked his hobby. Uh, he uh, kind of got into it. Um, well, he was—he flew uh, um, free flights as a kid, growing up on a farm, and um, got away with the hobby 20, 30 years, and picked up uh, remote control aircraft uh, in the mid '70s, and uh, really liked, enjoyed flying it. I was—I was a kid at the time, so I'd go with him. And he had built a. Uh, a, a semicircular field at his grandfather, his father's farm out on the Kyla Road, and and uh, he and some friends and family would fly out there for several for uh, about five six years, and and my dad kind of got out of the hobby for a couple of years, went back into boats. It was another passion of his, boats and fishing, and, uh, and once but. Once he decided that was getting too expensive and he wanted to get, come out and was getting close to retirement, this, this, was, what, this was his plan, this bomber field. So it sounds like he had it in the blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he knew it for a long time that he was going to be uh, <laughs> flying around a lot and develop this thing, and, and he, uh, he had a good time doing it. You know, it, was, it was a real passion for him. Now, your sister said that she wasn't aware about this field coming to fruition until he kind of she saw the plans on a table one day. Did you were you cued in, cued in a little earlier than that, or was it also a surprise? No, it was kind of a surprise to me too. Uh, my dad, uh, I was in school at the time up at the University of Texas, and my, when my dad bought the property, and all I just remember coming out here one time with him and seeing he had already had the field laid out and mostly paved and. And uh, he had the contractors and stuff line up to build a facility here and the stands. And and uh, I, uh, uh, at that time, I went to work for him after I got out of school and it was kind of part of a, uh, helped him put up the old um, tower, flight tower that's no longer here. You know, we drilled some, a big diameter hole and stuck a big 60 inch casing in there. And then he had a contractor, they had a little building built. And, had a contractor come in and, and uh, <laughs> stick it on top. And he had, so he had a full functioning air facility over here. <laughs> a control tower. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So uh, he was he was he was fully into the uh, into the RC uh, program by then. Oh, that's cool. Uh, what was kind of some of the early reception of the field when he first built it? Oh, it was wonderful. It took him a while to uh, establish a, a, a kind of a community uh, that, that we see today. Um, he, he knew some people. We had been. He'd gone to a club, probably prior to building Bomber Field back in the late '70s, early mid late '70s, and, and um, so he, he established some contacts through there. And um, once he built the facility, he, he was just that was a warm and welcoming person. And he said, "Hey, come on out here and fly. We want to we want to develop. I want to have a facility. I want people to have a good time." He, he developed it all the way out here because he wanted to get away from the from the city where he could have a, um, he could use a, at the time the, the few frequencies uh, that were available to the uh, remote control community to prevent them, that allowed them to fly over because where he used to fly over near Hobby Airport uh, uh, it was restricted in terms of the number of uh, uh, frequencies he could use to fly remote control airplanes. So um, anyway, he developed some established some contacts over here and it just grew from there. Wow, that's a great story. Um, oh, speaking of stories, you've got a Batwing story that your sister was telling me. Uh, can you talk about that just a quick uh, Well, my, my dad had built a, he, he always had a, 
kind of a flair for building the unusual. So he uh, built a uh, uh, a bat wing aircraft that Batman flies. And it, it, it was beautiful. It's black with the uh, yellow Batman emblems on the, on each wing on up to up top. And um, uh, uh, he had a. Um, uh, it was one of his playthings. He put a motor on it and flew it around. It was real fast. And he also had a thought that something was really cute. He built a bunch of little batwing gliders that were miniatures, and he put them in a little pod. And when he when he flew off in the air, he'd fly them around, and they'd open that pod, and all these little miniature batwing bat planes would come out. They're probably maybe <laughs> six or eight inches across, and they'd all flutter down and fly down. You know, glide down. It was it was pretty pretty fun. And uh, he had a, he had a really good imagination for doing things yeah. like that. Sounds like he had he was a pretty whimsical guy with a good sense of humor. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So that's why a lot of people loved him. He was a great guy. Now he's pretty famous for building a huge uh, Tupolev bomber uh, that's currently hanging up uh, hanging up in your hangar there. Did you have any hand in building that with him? No, I sure didn't. No, that was completely my dad all on his own. That man. was all him. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> and it was the beautiful thing about it is he he, he had he ordered the plans and he. And there was there was no kit or anything involved in it. He cut everything oh, out, wow. all the spars, all all the wing ribs. He, it was all handmade. Completely scratch built. Completely scratch built. Wow. Completely, and it just he gave him a set of plans, and that was it. Wow. And that's big. I think it's what uh, 100 over 100 inch wingspan. 120 yeah, yeah. Like it's, that? it's about a little over 20 foot wings yeah. wingspan. <laughs> it's a monster. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it was beautiful. I was, uh, Mayor. I went uh, back in 2000, the fall of 2000 was. It, first time he flew it and he flew it down there near uh, Freeport or actually no sorry back near Bay City and he found uh, a, a field facility to fly it and, um, and it, he had quite a crowd just people wanted to come see it. I, I guess it was a private airfield and I, I, there were probably 150 200 people who come drove drove down there just to watch that airplane take off and fly on its first flight Wow. Wow. Well, your father left quite a legacy. Uh, very interesting guy, from what I understand. I unfortunately never met him, as far as I know, uh, but he's uh, pretty famous around these parts, and he's left a great field for us, and I really appreciate your efforts in keeping this field running. Um, any last thoughts you want to tell the audience about your father? Well, I just, he was a wonderful man. Uh, loved him dearly, and I, I, he, he made, it's, it's really interesting, I go around these days, and uh, all the people who know and remember him, and 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 speak well of him. It's it's. I'm glad this field's here as a legacy to his memory, and uh, we we hope to keep it up that way and let everybody and the public enjoy it. Okay, can't uh, add anything to that, Drew. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm gonna go back and watch more planes fly. All right, that'd be great. Thank you, Vince. Good, thanks. Okay, I'm here with Barry Rayburn. He's the president of Bomber Field RC Club and also the co-CD. Um, Barry, this, uh, it looks like the weather's held out for the most part, and we've had a pretty good event. About how many pilots have we had this year? Uh, around 115. Wow, that's a good number. Wow, that's really great. Uh, this is um, the 30th anniversary. How long have you been with the club? Uh, I've been with the club over 20 years. Oh, so you've had quite a history with them. Yes, so I've been coming out here since I was a kid. Oh, great. Um, what was it like to, to try to put on this event since this was a special anniversary? Uh, really... No more different than any other event other than we reached out to uh, the Lone Star Flight Museum to get some real uh, World War II fighters and bombers doing flyovers. Unfortunately, the low overcast did kill that, but we did have it set up. But otherwise, it's the same thing year after year. You've got a lot of mowing and a lot of food buying and everything else that has to come together. So I guess you knew BB Weather pretty well? 
Yes, I knew B.B. Weber very, very well, and uh, for many years this was B.B. Weber's club, and you paid B.B. Weber dues, and if the event made money, it went in his pocket. If the club needed money, it came out of his pocket. And when B.B. Weber got sick with leukemia, um, he was contemplating closing it down. He didn't have the uh, health to keep it running. And I talked him into letting us convert this into a regular AMA club. And he gave us a year trial run to see if we could cover the cost of the property. And we were able to do all, uh, cover all the expenses. And we've been a regular AMA club ever since. That's interesting. So this wasn't an AMA club for a long time. Well, you had to have AMA to fly here, but it was not uh, a typical charter club. No, It wasn't sanctioned. But... Right. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about B.B. Weather, his personality, or just dealing uh, yeah. with him? B.B. was kind of larger than life. B.B. loved scale modeling, and he loved bombers. And he built this field really when uh, nobody was building places like this except Byron and Ida Grove. I mean, this was a 700-plus-foot-long asphalt strip. He paid for it out of his pocket. He built grandstands. He did have a tower at one time, but it... Uh, the city made him take it down, <laughs> but uh, BB uh, was a was a great man and uh, kind to everyone. He loved to make sure everybody had a good time. Oh, great! Uh, now I understand you just had the, the runway resurfaced and uh, repaved. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, the runway was uh, in need of uh, a sealer, pretty bad, and our taxiways were in need of asphalt, pretty bad. And we've tried to uh, keep enough money in the bank every year to do it. But unfortunately, it's. It's a lot of money, so this year I uh, put together a private fundraising drive and we raised all the money on private funds to uh, redo the entire asphalt runway, all the taxiways, and uh, put new gravel on our entry road and, and regrade the surface of that as well without touching our treasury at all. So uh, it was a nice financial uh, boom for the club. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I understand you had a bunch of uh, auctioned off items that were donated to the club. Can you tell us a little bit about that in history? Yes, uh, Dr. Gutierrez, who never was a member here, he lived in Cuero, Texas, but he came every year to our event and uh, just always enjoyed coming. He wasn't flying a lot. He was one of those that always planned on flying. Sadly, uh, he passed away uh, too young, but his son said that his son said he had fond memories of this field. They wanted to donate uh, his stuff for our club to raise money uh, for the runway, or et cetera. So uh, in honor of his family, we've been auctioning off some of his stuff and raffling off some of his stuff, and uh, we're going to do something special for his family. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, he had a lot of nice stuff. I hope you guys uh, made something for the club, and uh, everybody walked away happy, it looked like. Yep, I think everybody's been happy so far. Uh, the weather gods have been kind to us, and the place is packed. So everybody should come visit us next year. It'll be even bigger. Uh, I certainly will be back next year. I don't care if it's anniversary or not. I'm going to bring some stuff to fly, and I uh, definitely look forward to it. All right, come on back. All right, any last words or thoughts uh, for about the club or about BB Weather? Uh, just that uh, we try to uh, carry on his legacy. We want to make sure everybody has fun and that this uh, event is uh, the grandest event in the South. I think it is. All right, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. All right, thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Lee and Fitz, and we are driving in the car. Lee's driving. Hopefully, we'll survive our trip. We are heading back from Bomber Field Weekend. We spent two days out there. Yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, <laughs> the weather kept threatening us, but it looks like it kept breaking for pretty good, uh, other than a couple of passing rain squalls. Yeah, uh, one each had, day. Yeah, one each day. It was just kind of funny. Today was supposed to be really bad, but it turned out to be actually pretty nice. 
Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> you did the, the rain dance? Yes, I did Anti the rain, rain dance, dance. this morning. Uh, so the weather was really good. The Bomber Field we went to, if you're not familiar with it, it's a really, really first-class facility in Monteville, Texas. This is right outside of Houston, uh, right to the west of Houston, uh, about 30 miles north of nowhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like between Katy and Brenham. Yes. If, if you know means, where that is. If that means anything <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh, so it, uh, the, the facility is really nice. If you've never been there, it's actually a first-class flying field. The runway is a paved runway somewhere in order about 800 feet long, so it's turbine-friendly. There's lots of facilities, electric power on there, uh, on site. Uh, lots of space for popping up tents. There's uh, some air-conditioned room. There's a kitchen on site. And the neat thing is there's bleachers. There's, there's a set of bleachers, uh, a story, one story up. So you can get a nice bird's-eye view, unobstructed view of the flight line. <clears throat> for, for So it's very visitor-friendly. Yeah, I will say, I, it's, I've been attending Bomber Field uh well i don't know probably the early days i was just counting in my head i've probably been there at least 15 16 times uh in attendance of this event and i have gone with my father and it is this is the 30th anniversary uh, that bb weber uh started this event uh, i even have a video like someone gave me a videotape like from channel two when they interviewed him and you know flying the the b17 oh, really? oh wow. it's amazing oh neat and so i uh it's 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 neat uh to, it's a neat event and I remember uh, traveling with my wife one time we went to like some kind of festival and you know nearby you know <laughs> I say nearby well in Texas everything is <laughs> everything's far you're just used to it uh, 50 <laughs> miles is nearby yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, but I remember us stopping by and it just happened to be during a bomber event I completely forgot and wow. we watched it from the bleacher so th it's a great place to bring the kids and just sit there and they have they have a concession area with hot dogs and hamburgers and, and all kinds of stuff and you know it's very visitor friendly uh, yes, we yes. really encourage people to walk the flight line and you know that they do leave these nice huge gaps so people can admire everything and and fits uh Fitz sold some stuff so there's a lot of uh you know uh selling and, and trading of, of aircraft there really a, a nice event yeah yeah the um if you're not familiar with bb weber he's kind of a legend in these parts where he set up this field because he liked model airplanes so much and he's built some really big and, and very unique models, uh, so he had quite a following. He's since passed uh, what, a couple years ago or so, I think. I believe it was two years ago. Yeah, so uh, he's recently dis uh, departed, uh, but his, his his kids were there. He had two daughters and a son were there and a granddaughter they had a chance to talk to. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll put, piece that together. I had a nice interview with them and they had some interesting things to say about their father and the event. And I also had a chance to talk to the president of the club and he also had some neat things to say. Are you talk to Barry? Yes, talk to oh. Barry, yes. Barry, nice guy, nice guy. So we, uh, a lot of fantastic models. Uh, this is a, this event, I guess, is it, it, it centers around the B-17, so there's a special award for the best B-17, so you see a lot of bombers. But it's, it's a general scale event. We see a lot of civilian and warbirds and it's mixed. You got jets, you got prop jobs, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, modern. It's all it's all in good fun. Generally geared towards larger planes, but there were a few smaller ones there as well. Nobody seemed to complain. So uh, it's a it's a really friendly, modeler friendly event and there's no snobbery goes on. Everybody has a good time. Uh, they really amp it up with the our local compadre of the uh, uh, Texas Houston what is it Texas, Texas War Thunder? War 
Texas Warbird Thunder. I always mess up their name. Texas Warbird Thunder. These guys are kind of a, a loose confederation of guys that uh, get together. And each the loose time cannon confederation? Loose cannon confederation. <laughs> yeah, these imagine a sky full of giant scale airplanes screaming down the runway at full throttle, sometimes inches off the ground, sometimes inverted. Well, remember how we were talking about in the past, like your great planes, electric hub only had an on-off switch? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I feel their engine throttles are. Yeah, they, <laughs> their engines have an on-off switch. It's yeah. idle and in full board. Yeah, but it's fun to, one to watch because they keep uh, improving their routines. And so this time they were doing coordinated loops and rolls and stuff like that. Just like half a dozen of them. Yeah, and some had smoke systems and, and such. So yeah. Yeah, so this is a really a fantastic event. Even though this is quoted as a 30th anniversary slash memorial to BB Weber, uh, we do this every year. And it's always a real good time coming up here, even though it's a bit of a trip for me. I live in the opposite side of town. And if you live in Houston, that means, you know, a state away. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, uh, Fitz stayed at my place because I'm off of 290, which I, I say is along the way. We, we was just joking with you earlier that when he comes up uh, to Monteville, he comes from the south side. I come from the north side. And again, 50 miles to <laughs> different directions. Yeah. Are, it's like yeah. coming from different states. Yeah. Uh, but and I have to say that Lee's room service is not very good. Oh, you bet. I had I ordered steak and eggs and I didn't get anything. Pretty sure you were on my recliner with your shoes off and a drink in your hand, <laughs> watching talk. Last Man Standing. We okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we we came Friday. Uh, we came earlier on Friday, so we yes. probably got there around eight thirty, and and I'm trying to accelerate and drive at the same time. So let's see if this guy will talk. And then today we came a little later because the weather was the concern. We went from an, like a 40% chance of rain Friday to an 80-90% chance today. And as Fitz said earlier, we, we lucked out. We dodged the bullet. Uh, we only had a, a little light bit of rain today. It was way less than uh, yesterday's. And uh, anyway, let's talk about the event. Can we go from Friday? or Because I'll, right now, Saturday's in my head. Yeah, this is interesting. This event runs... I actually think they started Thursday. They had a oh, they, people were showing up Monday. Monday. I think Randy was there on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is going to be a week long. It's going to turn into a week long nice. extravaganza. Yes, <laughs> these guys came really early, but officially it's uh, well, I say officially it's Friday, Saturday. Well, then they had something special for kids on Thursday, some sort of a charity event or something. Yeah, I've I've heard that in the past that they've had kids come by, uh, you know, like a. Uh, local school or something like that. Yeah, so. it was. I was told by uh, somebody about it. And I forgot exactly what it was. I'd make them some notes. Uh, but there was something on Thursday for kids, I, and uh, and then Friday is really when it starts picking up. There's already they already had a uh, hundred people registered on Friday. Wow. And so and then over way over a hundred uh, today showing up. So although I think the weather may have scared a few people off, but people camped out. The, the place is camper friendly somewhat. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of big parking lots. So. Hey, free mud. Yeah, free mud. How you can how you can mud mud. How you can step <laughs> mud. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you, Fitz, that uh, we were talking about the the size and 100 plus pilots seems big. But I remember coming right after I got the Pawnee. So that was maybe eight years ago. I'm thinking it was about eight years ago, and I got the Piper Pawnee at best, and I got to fly because it qualified for the measurements. You oh know? yeah, giant scale. And, yeah, so I mean it qualified to fly there. And I remember waiting in line at the really? pits. You know, I was like two or three pilots. You know, people were just standing behind each other wow. at the pits. So wow. if we had like less pilots, I think more people were trying to fly. 
I didn't really feel like there were a lot of planes flying until they announced a gaggle. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a, and I'm saying that's a good thing, folks. I mean, because I just remember how frustrated I was, like, sitting in the sun, waiting to fly, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and people are you know, flying gas or doing 10-minute rounds. Uh, but this time, I mean, people were walking out flying, doing some awesome stuff. Yeah, there, there, there was no waiting. There was still a busy flight line, but fortunately, there wasn't any waiting. You just you went out. Pretty much. The only time we really had to wait was somebody was landing sometimes. You had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's just so many things I want to talk about because there's there were some landings and there were some landings. <laughs> there's a landing and then there's a landing. Well, I don't know. Can we can we try to remember Friday and all the stuff that happened then? Well, you... what happened Friday? Uh, we did have a B-25 crash. A uh, medium-sized one went in on uh, approach. Uh, a lot of flying, a lot of the bombers flew. We had the bombing competition between uh, our, our friend Mike Leibel and a few other guys. Hey, Mike Randy Larson, too. I'm, 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 re I'm shouting out to Mike Leibel. You won, by the way. I don't know why they said you guys did not uh, hit the spot closer than anybody else, but I've got video proof. So if you want to start up a case, I'll, I'll give you evidence, you know, uh, exhibit A of the GoPro session, but I put a little GoPro camera by the bomb site, mm. and so I had people passing and dropping stuff, and I'm pretty sure Mike won, but that was neat, that was fun, yeah, and it was, was that was during the squall, so I have, I, I can make a time lapse of this huge storm coming out of nowhere yeah. from over the uh, stands, and then just attacking us. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Uh, there was the, uh, the F-16, that, that big uh, orange, and uh, was it orange and red? Oh yeah, uh, a, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was um, that was. Tell hairy. us about it, Fitz. Okay, so there's a, uh, a turbine model, very big F-16, had a very colorful paint job. Not sure if that was a Tiger Meat thing or something, but uh, he he had some issues. He he took off and it was a really hairy takeoff, and he couldn't somehow he had problems with gear. He couldn't retract the gear, so he just flew along like that. He comes in to land. You can tell he's coming in really fast. I, I, I see that there's no flaps. Oh my God. And he looks like he, he veers off into basically the uh, the pits area, far down the runway, and looks like, oh, he's gonna dish this in the pits. And it sort of wobbles in the air, and I guess he's trying to throttle up. And then it looks like it's gonna hit a tree. He, he just misses the trees and goes off for another pass, and everybody's like, Whoa! Yeah, I couldn't see it. It dipped below the canopies down at the far south end. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't see it. I was waiting to see, you know, smoke or something. And I, I be, okay, I'm 5'5", five five, so I'm very short. And I guess everybody else couldn't see it. I couldn't. So I'm, like, trying to look around, but I don't want to get in front of the pilot because he's he's next to me. Yeah. Uh, but the next thing we know, that thing pops out of the sky. It yeah. was amazing yeah. that that guy did not pick up the pieces after that. Yeah, at one point he's like, I think it was about 10 feet off the ground. And the thing is all way out. You can barely see it. And it's... Uh, he, he really saved that by the last second. He did, and he, yeah, and luckily he came back around. He was still, uh, you know, I don't know if he's uh, green, uh, just uh, very new to that because it was still a very hot landing, and he yeah. tore up the nose gear in the grass. But it was in one piece, so good oh, you know, yeah. kudos for him that it wasn't anything major. I, I can just say now I have no footage of any crashy smashing. I have some minor little landing gear issues. We talked about that uh, one guy uh, who was working on his plane mm. yesterday. And oh, we, yeah. <laughs> uh, Fitz, yeah. <laughs> Fitz was poking at his gear going, this is, looks kind of loose. And sure enough, that guy came in landing, that gear just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a little collapse stuff, but nothing major. I And I mean, I don't know if we want to jump to today, but there's this huge major story that, that Fitz and I are involved with. So uh, who can tell it better? <laughs> what story is that? There's lots of stories. B-17. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, duck and cover. Oh, my. And it was duck and cover. It was, 
Holy smokes, man. Oh, you go ahead. You can Grenade! <laughs> I mean, we had a close call. We almost got our, what we have left of hair cut off. Oh, my God. Uh, a giant scale B-17. This guy was taking off down the runway. There was discussion about which direction was the wind blowing at that time. And uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to tell you too much detail because I want to piss anybody off, I guess. But this guy, in my opinion, was taking off in the right direction where the wind was blowing from. He okay. was taking off upwind, but it had not officially changed pattern. Okay. But that being said, I don't think it had any factor into what happened. Uh, no, it's it purely pilot error. Yeah. This so is this? Error. But so the pilot error is this guy. Uh, I, I feel like he was just too eager to get up in the air, and he throttled up, and that tail started wagging. And instead of uh, correcting, I don't know if he lost his tail. I don't know if he was if he was up in the air, but he gunned it, and it came right at Fitz and I. Oh, and, yeah. and I was videotaping another aircraft, and I just put my camera down, so I had stopped recording. So I did not have my camera on. People were mad at me about that. I am sorry, people. <laughs> they were like, come on, Lee, tell me you got that. But the, the B-17 came right at Fitz and I. Fitz went towards the runway. I went towards the uh, the Ryan. I was, I was. Uh, I mean, this happened within, what, 10 feet of us? Just, yeah, really yeah, close. Really close. It looked and, like he was just going to taxi out. That's what took us by surprise. Oh, yeah, he was, he was gunning. So it, it came at us full throttle. He missed me, missed Fitz, hit one of the pilot stations, which is that metal fence, yeah. knocked it over, it took off, and then he rolled it, and then it collapsed in the pit area, well, the, the walkway area, I guess, taxi area, missing, what, maybe 15 people? Oh, yeah. And yeah, three, four yeah. major planes, and just boom. Well, I'm pretty sure he had already taken off, then he hit the... the pilot station. Well, if he took off, it was one foot. Oh, yeah. I have pictures. I have pictures of it. I'll dig through them, and I think I got some good shots. Because uh, when he did that, I just aimed a camera blindly and just started snapping off pictures. Well, thank you, Fitz, because I had nothing uh, except a change of pants. Uh, From what I remember, it looked like he had been in the air a couple of feet or, or more and then hit the pole and then it just cartwheeled in the air, missing half a wing. And, uh, that was that was exciting. That, that was, was exciting. That was a butt clincher. <laughs> In fact, it was a bad yeah. day for B seventeens. It was a bad. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have some good footage of Randy's Hyo Silver from yesterday, from Friday. Yeah. And it's a great looking plane. My only complaint is it's too quiet. I need to secretly go to his house and drill some holes in the mufflers or something because it, it flies great. It's just not loud enough for me. Uh, and he had mentioned to me that the mufflers he had were just too loud, so we went back to the stock, I guess, or whatever. They're just they're too efficient, darn it. Uh, but it flew great. However, today he was doing the BB Weber dedication flight, and uh, you had seen his tailwheel flopping around. Is that right? Yes, yes. So something happened with his tailwheel. The uh, the plane veered right. He cut throttle, but that thing was at just too much motion, too much mass. Uh, myself and uh, one of the BB's daughters jumped out of the way because I was, you know, down the way where he was heading, and it unfortunately clipped one of the pilot fences. Not as hard as the other guy. The other guy, he he knocked it over, but he. The good news is the damage is very minimal on uh, the plane. He lost the the wingtip, the right wingtip, I think. And yes, yes. The tail wheels, you know, kind of might have to rebuild that, but very, very minimal, nothing serious. So that that'll be back up in the air. But uh, besides that, it's it's still a lovely looking airplane. We got lots of great video from it, and yeah. we'll be posting that on our Facebook page. Yeah, it was real neat to see that. Uh, it's unfortunate it happened, but yeah, I saw just as he took off, I saw the tail wheel flopping around like a wet noodle. I was like, that's not good. And uh, that's when he veered off. It wasn't fast enough for the rudder to bite. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and we still had a little bit of a crosswind. Yeah, there was a little bit of crosswind, so we veered into the crosswind. 
Yeah. We got a little wonky for, for a second. And uh, then we had the F-16 uh, tractor from, uh, I think it was, it was Kevy. Was it Kevy? Are you talking about the, the, the little uh, Thunderbird? The little, yeah, little Thunderbird yeah. with the front. Uh, PV was videotaping. I'm not sure who was flying. Uh, it was his buddy. I can't yeah, and <laughs> uh, tail heavy? Yeah, it was tail heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That thing kept going. But the best part was, we. I mean, it was, and there was nothing drastic, you know, and there was no oh, mid-air. So, but this guy, it was just, I mean, he was having some issues trying to control it. And, you know, and I was standing right next to him, but that thing kept going and going yeah, and going. Yeah, you heard it in the disco. <laughs> And it's like, what the heck? <laughs> well, see, he finally landed at the road, and everybody was walking. I turned to Vince and said, is his engine still on? And you could still hear that engine He's full throttle. Yeah. <laughs> no prop. Yeah. <laughs> just, just spin it up. So. Yeah, I saw him pulling the throttle down on the transmitter. Yeah. It didn't change anything. Oh, that's, yeah, so. i go get it before you lose your connecting rod. And, 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 well, and that end was pretty dangerous because we had that P-51 that just, uh, it did not want to stop. Oh, yeah, it just kept going. I mean, he was at an idle. But that plane just, uh, I mean, he must have really greased the bearings in those wheels because <laughs> yeah. it kept going and it, 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 I don't know if it clipped the fence, but I know it went all the way to the road. <laughs> that's a good stuff. So sorry if we're talking about all the carnage, but that, that, was, a, that was right in our memory. Uh, some good stuff. But we were going to talk about the Starfighter that was on Friday. It wasn't there today. Barry Starfighter. Oh, yes, yes. That was, oh, what did that thing have? A 90 inch wingspan, maybe? Yeah, it was 90 inch wingspan, uh, 100 feet long. Right? Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That thing was huge. You want to stop for a drink? Yes, yeah, we're, we're going to have a commercial break here in a second, but continue. Talk about the Starfighter. Okay, so we had a Starfighter that was made somewhere in Eastern Europe, uh, Bosnia, Some or, Lavia. Or Croatia, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bulgoslavia. Bulgoslavia. <laughs> there this you go. This thing was huge. We're not kidding when you look at the wingspan, it's not that bad. It's probably 80, 90 inches, but the fuselage is probably 20 feet long. <laughs> yeah, definitely for a turbine. It wasn't finished. He was still working on it, but he brought it out to show it off. Well, I did talk to him today because I said, what kind of, you know, oh, engine are you putting in there? He goes, he goes, well, yeah, I am downsizing the exit port and it's going to be, you know, like 10 inches or something he's, like that. He's going to go to the uh, the, the, the uh, police, the, the medical helicopter facility, grab one of their engines. Oh, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a huge exhaust port, but yeah, yeah. he's going to he's gonna wrap it tighter. And then he said he's going to put a, an after an LED afterburner oh, on it. Oh, nice. So that'd yeah. be cool. That, that, that's going to be pretty impressive when he gets that out. And yeah, he's got impressive stuff. That uh, was it. The was it a Hellcat or a Wildcat? He was flying. He was flying a Wildcat. Wow. With a bulky uh, one. So pretty. Yeah, and he had the big uh, jet to the. Um, oh, I forgot what it was. Um, well, oh, was, yeah, it was a FD Thunder Chief, I think. That's the Thunder Chief. Okay, yeah. so that was the one he was having aileron problems. I videotaped yes. his whole flight, and I could tell on takeoff something wasn't right. And I, st I was standing next to him, and I asked him, and he said, yeah, I can't trim it out. And when he landed, which was, by the way, he's a Pretty great cool. pilot. Uh, and I think, by the way, that um, the cat was a uh, Top Gun. Wasn't that the one he said, Top Gun? Oh, it might have been. Okay, anyway, uh, he landed, and we could see that the right aileron, I don't, I don't know what happened, whether he lost threads or if the arm uh, twisted, yeah. but he had like, I don't know, five degrees of deflection in that aileron oh, wow, with yeah. full trim. So That was a big plane. I think I said F-105, I mean F-84, I think is what it was. I don't, I don't yeah, know. The it's a, it's, I, I, can't, I couldn't put my finger on it. it wasn't, yeah, it's an early, early Sabre era jet. Um, uh, but yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, he got it. He was lucky to get it down when it had such a trim issue. Yeah, I could just see him. He was just wobbling over and over again trying to get the trim, and he just couldn't get yeah. the roll right. So anyway, but that was a good save. I mean, there's a, by the way, I want to say to the pilots uh, who are listening, who are out there, there were a ton of great saves. And, you know, we're pilots, you know, Fitz and yeah. I pilots. And Terry, wherever you are listening, that you, you are a great pilot. And, you know, you hope for the best. You come down, and you, you might get a little bounce out of it. But some... People can recover better than others, and there were a couple of guys coming in hot, 
and they got those wheels down the ground and it just stuck there. I mean, <laughs> that guy with the, the P-47 from Mexico, I think, the oh, yeah, green, the, the big one? man, yeah. he was able to, every time he came in hot, I was like, man, that thing's going to bounce. And he would just, it would grab. It was perfect. And uh, people who were bouncing, uh, you know, P-51s are just prone to do, do that. You know, they come down and, and, and that tail goes down and they hop back in the sky. But a lot of guys I saw who were bouncing, uh, good recoveries, very good recoveries. So it was nice and you know and sadly for our crashy smashy videos we don't got a lot <laughs> we don't have an episode with that <laughs> you're fired <laughs> there are a lot of good ones well I, I wish i had gotten that b17 i uh but you know sorry cya <laughs> well let's take a hey guys we're going to take a little uh break here uh we'll come right back you won't even notice we're gone uh to grab something for the road and then we'll finish off the the rest of the uh bomber field episode yes magic of editing All right, we're back after a little quick stop at uh, Bucky's, a Texas institution. <laughs> Your number one Texas spot. <laughs> yes, gassing, gassing up, and uh, all kinds of goodies that we were munching on right now. So excuse us if we sound a little crunchy. Ooh, uh, yeah, at least munching on something. Chocolate covered peanuts. Oh, nice. Uh, so as we were last talking, uh, let's enough about all the bad stuff. Let's talk about some of the good stuff we saw there. I think uh, there's some really fantastic models that uh, showed up uh, of all sorts. Uh, a couple of ones that I really thought were really neat was, of all things, a, a pre-World War One. There was a uh, what do you call it? Curtis Pusher. The guy had he had, Jay. Yeah, he scratch built it. It was pretty good wingspan. I took a note. I forgot how long. It's maybe 80 inches ish, 90 inches. Uh, flew pretty good. Lots of details. Electric. And it was electric. One Probably flies three times faster than the real one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee will start flying around and said, that's awfully fast. It's like, yeah, that's probably 200 mile per hour scale speed. <laughs> yeah, Jay built some great stuff. He uh, showed me, uh, when I went up and looked at it closely, the elevator is linked to the little steering wheel that the pilot uses. So when he pulls up the elevator, the steering wheel moves back and forth. Here's even better. The battery's in the radiator. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Really clever. He hides a battery in a radiator in the front, so it's got a really nice, scale, a detailed uh, engine on it that he scratch built for the most part. Yeah, if y'all listening to the show, go through our photos, uh, my photos or Fitz's, or the video, and you'll see this. We both got uh, footage of it. Yeah, I always thought that was really neat. There was a Focke Wolf that had uh, Focke Wolf 190 that had the uh, exhaust plumbed through oh. the scale exhaust. Yeah, and that was really neat. It sounded really good, too. And it was just really neat to see when he cranked it up, you see all the smoke coming out of the, the scale headers. Nice detail. Yeah, it was a really nice detailed plane. Uh, really, really nice. I'm going to give kudos to the guys from uh, Space City who brought their aerobatic Cessna 150s. Oh, yes, yes. All with auto start, all with smoke. I mean, I'm not talking smoke system. I'm talking double the power smoke system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On an ultra smoke. smoke system. I mean... Whatever they had was like, this is where you must have every smoke system start. This is what destroyers use to hide your position during <laughs> the war. Right, yeah. That's what James Bond uses his car for a smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. They were serious when they got smokers. And so oh, they, very nice stuff. Yeah, they all had matching uh, shirts and they take off. There's four of them, right? I think. Yeah. They, they take off, fly in formation, turn smokes on at different uh, parts of their flight routine. Auto starts. It was a really nice show to watch. I had seen them before because we were at an event at Space, uh, excuse me, uh, SCOBY, and they flew there. So um, that's neat, though. They're, they're really good. Nice little fun team. 
Yeah, the good stuff. There's several planes. I think we mentioned before that had the Moki uh, 150 was it five cylinder engines. Oh, those things sound really nice. That's what I want for Christmas. I want one of those Moki multi cylinder engines. Well, that was the one that won. Uh, was it was it best World War Two? The P47 uh, with the Moki. The P40. There's P47, but also the uh, Wildcat also had a Moki in it. So there's two yeah, planes. But it wasn't. But it wasn't uh, Barry that won. The no. other guy did. Yeah, the other guy did. Yes, yes. And uh, was he the one from Mexico? Is it or? No, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Uh, so, well, sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of Mexico, they really cleaned up. Arriba, yeah. my friends. Well, from from myself, I'd like to say Marcella. Uh, he's someone I've known at Bomberfield for many, many years. Uh, he's part of the Muy Alto RC uh, show. It's not a podcast. It's actually a show. Mm. They have tons of followers, and I am jealous. <laughs> but I'll tell you, kudos to them. They are so nice. I yeah. I watched one of their first shows and didn't understand a word of it in English, you know, because uh, it's, it's all in Spanish. Spanish yeah. And uh, he knew I was watching, so he actually stopped the show and spoke to me in English. <laughs> <laughs> so I love these guys. They're uh, hilarious. Yeah, and I think they, they're from Monterey, right? Monterey, Mexico? I, think. I don't know where he's from. I think they're he just, told me Monterey. They're just hilarious. But it was funny because they interviewed me after the uh, uh, National Anthem today. And... Uh, they were talking to me. Of course, they're talking in Spanish to their people because it's a live Facebook feed. Marcelo's standing next to me, so every now and then he'll, talk, he'll talk, speak English to me because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But it was just really nice. You know, they're really good buddies. They, they, they enjoyed my photos. They, they thanked me for my photos. And I told uh, Marcelo, I said, look, I know you guys love this hobby as much as I do, so my photos are your photos. You know, we love sharing each other's stuff. So it's our pleasure to advertise them. If you are a if you are a Spanish-speaking uh, podcast lover, <laughs> go, go tune into yeah. Alto RC on their Facebook page. Yeah, really nice guys. Um, when I was talking to them, they were actually looking at our Facebook page. We had posted some photos. At first, I didn't realize it was because it was all in Spanish. Like, you should go to our page. We have some pictures. He goes, no, that is your page. <laughs> like, huh? Well, he shared he shared some of our links that we put up there. Yeah. Uh, but let's jump right to the, the big thing. Uh, the big uh, event at Bomber is, that it, is an award. It's a you know, best B-17 award. It's this huge trophy. And the uh, the gentleman who had flown at Bomber, I guess it was last year. I thought it was maybe two years ago. I think two years ago. He had he had crashed it. Uh, he lost engines and it rolled and went in. And uh, all that he saved was the tail. And he rebuilt that sucker. And it flew. And Randy was at the controls. Mr. Larson was uh, flying it. And it was great. They had a nice little uh, dunk. <laughs> they dunked water on him after this thing. It was we got it on video. It's really nice. So they uh, they won the trophy, which I want to say they rightly deserved. Yeah. They best as as uh, Barry said during the presentation, they show the spirit of what the award's about. These yeah. guys love model aviation, and you know just like that guy who was working, they said it was the largest group they had brought from Mexico. Oh really? Wow. So I'm guessing there were wow. at least 20 guys that drove together to come to this event. The man, that's not easy. That cannot be easy no. for them. To drive that distance and and show up and and fly and you know they had several planes that had crashed. In fact, I was really upset to see that his Dauntless had crashed. He had suffered landing gear damage on Thursday or no Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, before we got there, so they were working on it, and sure enough, they all pitched in together. You know, we saw you were helping that guy with the dribble today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw, but everybody's helping each other get their planes back in the air. And again, that's the spirit of the hobby, and uh, we need that, guys. We need that kind of uh, motivation. Yeah, good spirit, good uh, 
good, good ambassadors for their country. It was uh, really nice talking to them. They were real, and they're funny. Yeah, they were. They were they're really just funny. so funny. <laughs> really happy-go-lucky guys. Uh, the, the, the bomber that they rebuilt, it was like nothing left of it, just a little bit of a tail. Yeah, just a tail. And, a funny denny. Yeah, and it looked fantastic. It didn't look like it was in a crash. It looked really, really nice. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it looks as good as the wear, uh, the... the the detail that Randy put on his, yeah, you know, but it, again, it's a spirit award. Yeah, but it wasn't an ugly plane, so so there was a really good spirit. Even uh, even after Randy had an incident with his plane, he was in really good spirits. He just went off and he flew the heck out of his twin Mustang. Oh, oh man, I love double barrel. Yeah, that is nice. This F eighty two, Randy's got an F eighty two that I think he built from two top flight kits. Oh, was it? Was it just a kit bash? Huh? It's a kit bash, yeah. <laughs> and it sounds great. It flies great. I mean, in the camera, that thing does not jostle at all. It is on rails. I mean, that thing just tracks like you wouldn't believe. It's, uh, he flies it wonderfully. His his smoke system failed, and it looks so cool with the oh, smoke yeah? system on it. Oh, yeah. So we didn't get to have that running. But uh, I got great video of that, and I'm sure I'll be putting that you know right up front because it's, it's an amazing airplane. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was it's a big plane. I probably had two 60 cc engines on it. I think it was big. <laughs> well, today when he was flying, I was standing next to him and I said, "Randy, that's how loud your B seventeen needs to sound." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't don't know if he took that as a you know a nice thing, but uh, I, you know I'm kind of just planning it as his ear that he needs to get that B seventeen louder. <laughs> it's funny. Speaking of balls to the wall, he was. I, I looked at his transmitter. He was flying the F eighty two, and it was it was full throttle. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's great because Gary, cross uh, oh, right, keep saying Gary. Greg Yancey uh, came up next to him, and uh, Randy had pulled the throttle down. <laughs> he goes, "What's that strange noise?" Because he knew it wasn't full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> Is it supposed to sound like that? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, that's a great that's a great flying plane. Um, the guy from Mexico who flew the two jets, he won some awards. Oh yeah, so he, he had, had a Panther a, and a Panther and uh, MiG. Yeah, the MiG was it a MiG seventeen or a MiG fifteen? I can't yes. remember. Seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> early MiG. Red <laughs> flew the flew the heck out of it, even though he had his nose gear was having some problems. Well, he's like he didn't care. Just he <laughs> he zipping across the runway. Uh, some really fast passes. I'm trying to photograph. Like, oh, I'm going to say, hey, I'm glad Alan. Uh, hey, Alan, my buddy Alan, I'm glad you weren't there when he did a flyby over the runway, like five feet in front of the pilot station. Yeah, Mach two. Oh my God, I was I was standing right there. There's no way I could get that that flyby. But uh, yeah, you're not supposed to do that out there. <laughs> yeah. And I guess he was by himself and just felt like you know, as you said, balls to the walls. Yeah. Uh, but it was neat. It was a neat plane. Yeah, there was some nice turbines out there. Uh, nice mixed crowd, as we said before. All kinds of stuff. There's, uh, there's a few electrics out there. A guy had a nicely. Did you see that T28 that he had detailed up? I did. There's a BE flight. Well, it, was really okay. nice. it was a pretty nice weathering job on it. He put a special coating on the foam uh, to, to harden it up, put a shell on it. Well, like I was going to say, it's hard to weather white. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can make it, it look well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, he did a fairly good job of it. I thought it was pretty nice. Um, but uh, a shout out to VQ Warbirds, they're the sponsor, one of the main sponsors of the event. They had a great giveaway that I did not win, but that's okay, I'll get over it. You're right. But they had an amazing giveaway, I don't know if we mentioned that earlier. Um, you get like two 60, is that right, 60 size? I think it was 60 size, yeah. Yeah, you can get two 60 size Warbirds or one big uh, 110 inch Liberator. 
but they had other planes out there. The Wally had was flying the rare, the new rare bear. Yeah, rare bears out there. They had a test flight of that. A couple of guys had um, some. Was it the Falkwolf? That yeah. was a BQ. Yeah, the Falkwolf one ninety. I think they had a bear, another regular Bearcat, Hellcat, Dauntless dive bomber. They had a bunch of stuff. Some yeah, they had six porters. Hey, and kudos to Tomas with VQ Warbirds. They had. Uh, what do they call it? A wet box sale? Yeah, in a wet box sale. A wet box sale when, when the rains came and a lot of the boxes he had on display were wet. He, he kind of discounted those. And yeah. they. I'm going to say, I, there were a lot of kits gone. Yeah, he, he, he told me he sold a whole bunch of kits. He, they, they, they really uh, made his trip worth it. And if there's a sponsor out there that wants to, you know, fund uh, RC Roundtable, they have a, a camo P38 that just has my name on it. <laughs> just feel free to, to pay for that, buddy, and just uh, ship it to me, okay? Oh, yeah, ship it out. Ship it. I'd, I'd like to have that bad boy. Hey, hey Thomas, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a plane I'd like to have. I, I mentioned uh, to Terry before we left about it. He was like, are you going to be able to afford all the electronics to go in that? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I understand. Oh, and then there was a guy there did with the yellow aircraft P-38. I posted a photo of it. The gentleman who had the big shiny was... Oh, it was the one that looked new? The yeah, it was brand new. new and that was had, a yellow. Okay. It was a yellow aircraft, yeah. Oh, oh. And Oldie Bud Goody. Huh? Oldie Bud Goody. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it had a brand new paint job on it. It was a little too shiny. Because <laughs> it, <needed to> <laughs> it needed to be dulled a little bit. That's not a plane you want to gloss coat, I don't think. Um, but uh, he couldn't. He had some engine issues, and so he didn't get to fly. That's sad because it was. I was looking forward to that when I when I saw it come in. Um, well, the P thirty eight flew. Was the oh. other one that was a wood one. Oh. That's that boxy one. I kind of. I have its little brother. Oh, you know, <laughs> just like a banana hobbies one, so mm. or something like that. It's just you know, it's a very very boxy kid. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, I like my twins, so I, I, I I'm glad I got the dead graven. P38 that you found, you know, in the back <laughs> of that storeroom. So I do enjoy it. What else did we see up there? The raffle prizes were great. The, there was yeah. a gentleman who had passed away. He was a member of the club, and his family donated. I mean, pretty much just gave the club all his items from his hobby shop and asked them to uh, auction and raffle them off. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Uh, doing the box to help pay for the club's taxes. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the thing that uh, Alan had mentioned that this event is pretty much what pays for the land taxes. And they get to fly on this land for free because the family, you know, in, until, and I knock on wood, until the land is sold, uh, they they don't have to pay anything for it. They just have to cover the taxes. Just the taxes, yeah. And so that's a great benefit. Well, anyway, the guy had some items to sell and I picked up a, a Taylorcraft 450 from E-Flight. Uh, but they, he had a variety of kits. He had boxes of balsa. He had arms, uh, he had, and, and boy, and they ranged from this big, you know, a teeny tiny planes, you know, probably what 24, 30 inch wingspan, to that Hangar Nine yeah, Corsair. Nine Corsair, yeah, yeah, a couple of big planes. So yeah, he he Six was uh, eclectic in his his collection. So that was a nice thing, nice and I stuff. think, I mean, really for for what I saw things going for, I thought they did a really good job. Well, and they had a they had a sort of impromptu trivia. They were giving out hats and shirts. And uh, I want to thank Terry because because of him I won a shirt from one of the trivia. They asked what was the aircraft that had the most kills in World War II. And people were throwing out different planes, and I said the Hellcat, and that was the answer. Yep. Yeah. So uh, thanks Terry for because uh, we had talked about that before. I thought it was a P thirty eight, and this Terry says no, it was the Hellcat. So see, I would have I was going to guess like a Corsair or P fifty one, but nope, it was not. No, the Hellcat. Because yeah. Terry knows. Yep. Don't, don't uh, disregard what Terry knows. 
so it was really nice. They were really generous and uh, lots of gifts, lots of prizes, um, lots of planes. Uh, there was a few planes I saw that I don't think they flew. They were out there. I don't know if they had mechanical problems or whatever, but um, there's kind of a couple hundred planes, right? Just each person brought a couple planes. Yeah, now you, you did a video that's on our Facebook page that you, we did live. That was, oh, I was yeah, in it too. the pyros. So that was the pyro, but before you before the event started, you did a little walkthrough, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, I didn't want to wander too far away, but I did a little walkthrough. Yeah, so I didn't do that this year. I think I did a walkthrough before, but this year I went with my video camera and did several like five-second stills so I can put a collage together uh, on a video and kind of point out some of the, the crazy planes that we did see. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a good variety. Did you buy anything? I mean, there were a couple of vendors there. Did you buy anything? I did not buy anything, no. Okay. Believe it or not, I was a good boy. I, I sold some things. I didn't replace them with stuff I bought. Well, Big Dog, Big Dog RC was out there, and uh, I bought stuff from him when he was at Georgetown. Mm. And oh, yeah, he gets <laughs> I was looking around for a new ESC. <laughs> no, I uh, don't think I mentioned this yet, but I brought my new CMP Cub that I got at uh, a club meeting. Um and I had to do some work on it, and I made a really cool little battery tray that I stole the idea from Morgan Mills uh, and their battery tray they use for the CZ Cub. Which, by the way, if you have a Carbon Z Cub, uh, the foamy one, I mean, because they make a new one, or like a carbon cover or something. But anyway, if you have the CZ Cub and you do not have the Morgan Mill battery tray, go get it. It is awesome. And so I made something very similar for the Cub, uh, got everything working, did some taxi tests, uh, was very happy with it, and then uh, did a a run-up yesterday morning uh, before announcements okay and said okay everything's good turned it off they did the announcements I go to plug in my battery and pow pow <laughs> man I, I it's a two two batteries in series I plug one in no problem plug the second one in and man the the arc and the fire and the noise and the burning sensation in my finger uh, I melted uh, one half of a Dean's connector right off my wires came off. The solder like instantly melted. It desoldered it. Yeah. It desoldered it, and uh, you know I'm now out of commission. Yeah, I saw the flame. I, I, even from where I was standing, like whoa! Did you smell the burning flesh? Because <laughs> that's uh, anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, What's burning? It What's was me? <laughs> and uh, talking with uh, our friend Keith uh, mentioned it happened to be a Turnigy 100 amp controller, and he said that was one that brought one of his planes down. Yeah, yeah, we said his has caught fire on him. Yeah, so maybe it was just luck. I, maybe this was a benefit, uh, and I need to be grateful for this uh, little disaster. So I will yank that out. And it, and it came with the plane, folks. I didn't really mention that. All the electronics, the plane came as a, as a whole piece, uh, you know, just battery and go. So, uh, yeah, I'll take that thing out, put a new one in, and hopefully get back up in the air. I was really excited about flying the Cub, yeah. but thanks thanks again to Greg Yancey. They were doing a Cub and Cousins flight, a little uh, get-together. How many planes do you think were in there? That, that, oh, over half a dozen, I think, right? It was neat. I, yeah. I'm going to guess at least ten planes were up in the air, cubs, cubs and, and stuff. And not Cubs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You think you're a cub? Yeah, what we were talking about earlier. I, I identify as a cub. Yeah. <laughs> of cub curious. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, well, it was a Stinson Reliant, I think. And some yeah. There were two other planes there that didn't belong there. It's like we had played a little game, which of these does not belong here. But he was uh, he was flying his cub. He gave me the sticks. I got to fly. That made me feel good. So thanks, Yancey, uh, for letting me fly your cub. I appreciate it. Yeah, really nice of him. It was very nice of him. I mean, not many people just hand you the transmitter. 
Yeah, um, like that. I mean, I wanted to fly his PVD one, but no. <laughs> <laughs> this is a limit to his generosity. <laughs> hey, Randy, can I fly that B seventeen? No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I couldn't get to fly my Cub, but I did get to fly a Cub, and that was uh, that was entertaining. And and I guess the other bit of bad news that I haven't mentioned yet, I don't think I put it on Facebook. My Canon 5D Mark III. Oh yeah. Uh, Friday. Was, I shot about 300 photos, and uh, I went to take some photos, and my shutter button wouldn't work. So, now this has happened before. Like, I'm, like the lens maybe came loose, or the battery has gone dead, or something. So, I'm looking at the, the, the LCD. It's on. And I say, okay, I'll just reset the camera. So, I flip the off switch, and the LCD stays on. <laughs> I flip it on and off. The LCD does not go off. I flip it off. I take the battery pack out. The lights go off. I say, okay, good. I'll just reset it. Plug the batteries back in. Dead. Dead, dead, dead. No matter what I've done, I uh, changed the battery, checked uh, the, the clock battery, changed the lenses. My Canon camera died, and that made me very sad because I like going to these events, especially Bomber and Wings Over Houston, to take photos for my friends and, and post them on their websites. And so I was cameraless Friday afternoon and all day today. I do have my new Sony camera. My 4K video camera, which I did a lot of different stuff with, uh, shot some 4K yesterday, and I shot a lot of high speed today. So that's good. I mean, I think I'll have something to share with everybody. Glad you were there, Fitz, because you brought your camera. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my Canon's dead, which means it'll probably take me several weeks for it to get repaired, which means I won't have it for best. So hey, by the way, Fitz, you're taking pictures at best. <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering me. You're, you're welcome. Volunteering me. Yeah, you. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sucks about your camera. Uh, nice, you have a really nice camera too. Right? Uh, I'm nowhere near the photographer you are. So, did you happen to see? Uh, I posted a few on the Texas World War Thunder page of uh, the Corsairs and a couple uh, of people landing. So I did grab a few out of the camera and, and posted them. The sad thing about bombers that faces east. And so you really do not get good quality. That's the worst of it, you know. My camera dies at 11, and you don't get good lighting until 1 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when the sun starts getting behind you. So you get much better photography uh, later in the afternoon. And so everything was into the sun uh, at that time of the day. So I got a couple of good pictures, but unfortunately, yeah, I'll be out, I'll be out of business for a while. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, Friday wasn't your day. <laughs> no. Yeah, and Terry texted me. Don't was it? Don't buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> no duh. Don't yeah. walk out in the thunderstorm. Yeah. Uh, well, but all in all, I think it was a really good event. They had a really good turnout. Uh, we saw some really nice stuff flying. There was a lot of flying. Some top-notch pilots. Uh, some really entertaining antics. Uh, fantastic models and lots of scale details. It's really inspiring. I really need to bring something next year. I think the weather probably drew some people off because yeah. even us, we were not sure we were going to come out today. Yeah. I'm glad we changed our minds because um, I told Fitz last night that if it was you know 80% or higher, we shouldn't go. And yeah. I'm glad we did. I mean, the, it just opened up for us. It wasn't beautiful weather, but it was nice. And I had seen much larger crowds in the balcony or the, what do you call it, the stands. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hey, it, <laughs> being able to walk around and, you know, not bump into a lot of people. Yeah, yeehaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a day it was supposed to be in you know, total washout. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're pulling into the driveway of uh, Lee's uh, domain. So uh, I think we'll end it here. 
Uh, I think we'll also add in some of our interviews. So uh, you know, I don't think anything else. Yeah, do you got anything else, Lee? I'm sure there's stuff we forgot to talk about, and we'll try to sneak it in or, <laughs> or do a little excerpt here and we'll there. Do an excerpt or something. But uh, between Fitz and I, we'll be posting photos and video for sure. I, I plan next week to get some stuff out right away. Mm. Uh, but sometimes it takes me a week or two to get the collage done because I like to... You know, I have to really work on that. And being that it's 4K, it really slows down my computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have a very old video card, so I need to probably upgrade. Maybe I'll, I'll look into that this weekend. Um, but I'll try to get something together. And then, of course, we got to get ready for best. Yeah. It's two weeks, man. It's two weeks. Ugh, i got to work on something, too. i got to get something finished. So, yeah, it's, it's really creeping up on us quickly. Hey, I've got a plane in my garage. You want to come help me sand it? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all you. <laughs> I got my own troubles. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again to the guys at Bomberfield USA. Uh, y'all put on a great show, and I know everybody who was there flying and attending uh, really appreciate it. And, and thank you, B.B. Weber, for starting that that airport. It really yeah, is an airport. Yeah, he started it, yep. It was pretty amazing, pretty groundbreaking. And uh, what a very a unique site in the United States. So uh, on that note, uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out our Facebook pages for all the photos and some uh, video, including the live video Lee mentioned earlier, and whatever else we can come up with. Y'all have a great week. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.